Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. All right, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speakers, your podcast, the app. Guys, let's continue this conversation. Key, could you imagine if the Jets went 0-16 and had the number one pick? I mean, wouldn't they have been gunning for Urban Meyer? Wouldn't they try to hire him? I don't you know, I, I think that could have been the case, but Urban Meyer probably wouldn't have wanted New York. Mm-hmm. Like, you, know, you got to think about Urban Meyer, who Urban Meyer is, right? All of his stops have been smaller places other than Columbus, which is, you know, Columbus, I think it's the capital of Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a bigger place, you know, a lot more, but it's still a college town. And that would be more in his wheelhouse, Jacksonville, where he had a home, you know, a lake to do what he needs to do, fish, ride his boat, all that's who he is, opposed to New York where he, what is this, 13 games? Man, they'd have been chewing him alive week two. Week two. Oh, so, as soon as as soon as he hired the strength and conditioning, he might not have made oh, it out of yeah, preseason. Oh, exactly. yeah, there you game. go. That ain't even week two. <laughs> yeah, he That's, wouldn't have made out of preseason. He oh never made it to New York. That would have been like as soon as he hired uh, Chris Doyle, Over. oh, back page, front page, CNN News. It would have been crazy. Over. So See, I don't know way, that it would have been a good fit for him. In a way, the Jets just avoided disaster, right? They wouldn't have been able to resist at least making a run. They would have gone from Adam Gase to, 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 to Urban, <laughs> Urban Meyer. <laughs> Oh, I mean, what you said, and then just to say nothing of the effect that Urban Meyer's already had on, or his, his you know, staff in him have already had on Trevor Lawrence. Key, do you think Trevor Lawrence's eyeball test has upper-end elite talent? I think Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer, Lord have mercy. I think Trevor Lawrence could be a Pro Bowl, Hall of Fame type quarterback, depending on who's coaching him up. Now, when you see him this year, he made a few throws that you go, okay, cool. But then you saw a lot of other stuff that's like, no, that ain't it. Mm -mm. But that could have been more about the coaches than anything. I mean, even when you look at Urban Meyer and and who he brought in as his offensive coordinator and and Daryl Bevel, who I just, as soon as he hired him, I'm like, well, that ain't going to go over well. I mean, so that just goes to show you from day one, Urban Meyer didn't even know what he was. He hired Daryl Bevel as his OC. Daryl Bevel, mm. the guy who threw the ball on the two-yard line in the Super Bowl, that guy, that same guy. I mean, what I see when I look at Trevor Lawrence, like I, I hear what you say, you saw some throws. I say, okay, that's I've seen him make throws of all the rookie quarterbacks who can let it go, including Justin Fields. I saw Trevor Lawrence make some throws where I was like, oh, my God, okay. He has a long way to go, but in terms of the raw tools, size, arm, speed, ability to thread the needle, throw it down the field, all those kind of things, it, like he's checking boxes, to my eye, talent level, extremely high, which is why he gets drafted number one, which is why he had the record in college and high school mm-hmm. that Jay just pointed out before he ever got to Urban Meyer, which is why I think when he says, like just the, the, eye, the naked eyeball can see it, when he says – Hey, the things around here ain't so great. That's when the owner of the team goes, oh, okay, now let's get rid of the coach. Well, I mean, this isn't the first time you've been hearing about this. I mean, there were, there were reports that after games, players were talking to other, other teams 
about a lot of the drama that was occurring. Mm -hmm. And look, I, it, it, there's always going to be some turbulence when you're trying to change the culture of an organization, but typically that turbulence comes from the players. It doesn't come from the head coach. And I, I was the first one yesterday to say I, I think you know, he would have been fine until next year, but obviously mm -hmm. there were so many things that have happened already that I know what this feels like. When, when players don't want you around, people start telling on you. You know, when players back you, there might be a little bit more, hey, like, let's just hold off on saying that. But when people don't start liking you, they'll start saying, no, this happened. No, this happened. Oh, yeah. This happened this sure. way. By the way, get his ass out of here. Yeah, and that started way back with the Chris Doyle situation. And then one thing led to another, led to another. Then they bring in the Tim Tebow, you alienating players in the locker room. Because players in the locker room is looking and saying to themselves, man, I got a homeboy that just got cut by such and such team tenfold better than this dude, and you giving him an opportunity, even though he was never going to make the team, the fact that you brought him in is just like egg on other guy's face. So then all of a sudden you lose some of those players in the locker room. Now all of a sudden those players got friends that become free agents that say, man, you don't want to come here and play for this dude. Then that trickles down to another thing. Then all of a sudden you alienate players on your team in Marvin Jones. And then all of a sudden you benching guys in, in games and acting like you didn't know they was benched in games. I mean, it's like, it, it's a weird thing where the coaches, head coaches, where Urban Meyer's a head coach and he sits up and he tells you all, when I mean you all, guys that have not been in NFL locker rooms or on sidelines, he wants to sell to you, but he can't fool me, that he didn't know that James Robinson wasn't in the game. Like, you don't, you're you going to tell me you don't know that James Robinson's not in the game and your assistant coach, running back coach, didn't say, hey, I'm going to sit him down because he just fumbled. No, 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 no. You knew. And yeah. you signed off on him being benched, but you want to sell to the public that you didn't know, and that's why Trevor Lawrence said what he said. What Deion Sanders told us earlier on this program. You can lying, listen on man. the podcast. He shoots straight. Just straight. shoot straight. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on the Goodyear Hotline. We're talking, of course, throughout the day about Urban Meyer's firing after report. First, Trevor Lawrence said, hey, we got to get stuff together around here. And then a report surfaced that in the preseason, um, the kicker was kicked. Urban Meyer kicked the kicker. <laughs> and that was the kicker. Shag Khan said, Shag Khan said no more. Now, Mike DiRocco. ESPN NFL Nation Jaguars reporter was on SportsCenter all night and talked about the locker room. Listen. He still had some supporters in that locker room, but, you know, Marvin Jones is a really respected guy in that locker room. He's a 10-year veteran, a guy the players really like. And, and you know, when, when he and, and Urban had their conversation slash disagreement slash yelling match, depending on, you know, who you listen to, um, it, you know, it really reverberated in that locker room. Uh, you know, Marvin Jones came in and talked to the media today, and you could tell the way he was talking um, that he was really just trying to repair some damage there and try to kind of keep the story from, from even getting bigger legs and growing. And you could tell that he wasn't – I'm not saying he wasn't being truthful, but you could tell he wasn't the normal Marvin Jones. So when, when a guy like him is affected and impacted and it, and it starts bleeding through the locker room, that's when, you know, you're going to be in trouble. You know what, what occurs to me, Key, is Trevor Lawrence showing very good instincts as a leader, I think – coming out and saying what he said, which probably did prime the pump, right, to get rid of to get rid of Urban Meyer because he's sticking up for his guy. You know, 
I've been in situations with owners. I've been in situations with general managers and head coaches where if you're around them enough, you kind of have a feel for something that's going to take place. Like, you know. And I'm sure Trevor Lawrence has some sort of inkling, some sort of, you know, if he, if he's walking to his car after a game and all of a sudden the owner's there and he pulls him to the side and he says, you know, we're going to get this fixed, don't you worry. Mm-hmm. And it's a look, it's a certain look that that particular coach player, I mean that particular coach owner, general manager has that will make you now feel better about the direction in which you're going to go. So then you, it would prompt you to feel empowered a little bit more because you know it's going to be all right. And that could have taken place with Trevor Lawrence. I had an experience with with a head coach before, and he he called me and he said, you know what, man, don't you worry. We're going to get this thing fixed. You don't even have – and I knew right then and there he was getting ready to bench. You know what I love? The guy. That there's there's an issue. Like, I don't know why I'm just, like, slow on this, but there's an issue between the coach and a a receiver, right? So the receiver – you've talked about the quarterback-receiver relationship and – after that issue, now Trevor Lawrence speaks up. So, like, it just it, it, am I wrong to read some kind of leadership quality into that based on Trevor Lawrence sticking up for his the guy he's getting the ball to over the coach? Well, it, 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 no, you're not wrong about that. But Trevor Lawrence also is probably, and I don't know Trevor, is probably the type of player that don't like the drama don't like the BS that goes on from coaches. Coaches, one of the one of the, the the reasons that I despise coaches at times sometimes is because they play a lot of games and they lie and they did, or become deceitful. And instead of just being straight up like Coach Prime said and being straight up like a Bill Parcells or Bill Belichick, just tell me what it is. Instead of always playing these games and acting like you don't know what's going on with something, it's like the guy when you go and, and you uh, you go and you deal with something, and the coach tells you, "Well, I don't, I'm not in control of the money. I don't, I, you know, you got that's the general manager." No, 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 it's not the general manager. <laughs> you you know that game, right, yeah, Jay? Exactly. That, that that that's just that's what makes players dislike people because you play. Just tell me what it is. If you just tell me this is what it is, we ready to go instead of playing games. And, Keith, you know you know the crazy part about all that is for a guy like Trevor Lawrence? When you get up to the pros, and you've been through this because you were in a bad team just like me at the beginning of the, our careers, it's like I just want to focus on football, man. Like it's enough for me to learn all these different coverages, learn how to work with all my different teammates, how to get acclimated to the speed, to the physicality of the game. Like I don't want all the high school drama. Just let me focus on football. That's what he had in college. Fortunately, he didn't have that in the pros. We got someone who focuses on football right now. We're joined by Cincinnati head coach Luke Fickle. Morning, coach. How we doing, guys? Bright and early out there. Yes, it. Well, I'm in. I'm in L.A. Those guys are on the East Coast, <laughs> so right. yeah, it is. Oh, it's bright and East, early. Okay, so for yeah, you, it's bright and early. Bright and early. Bright and early. Bright, but early. <laughs> yes, early. <laughs> Dark <right>. and early. <laughs> we want to get to uh, we want to get to your team and preparing, you know, for the college football playoffs and the greatest class in Cincinnati history for you. But we did have some breaking news overnight about a coach you worked for uh, at Ohio State and Coach Urban Meyer. How surprised were you to hear the news that he wind up being fired essentially in the middle of the night? 
surprised. Yes. I mean, I, I don't, I woke up and like I said, I didn't know anything about it. And, um, we've got a son on the team. So, I mean, I, I, we follow it and, and obviously I've followed coach since, since I've been with him, but I was really surprised at, uh, you know, at the route that they went, I guess. And, but nowadays, nothing surprises me. I guess I've seen it in college and now you're seeing it in the NFL as well. Coach Fickle, his record in college is 187 and 32, which is just I- incredible. Do you think he will coach again? Uh, you know what? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he'll be off for a while, and, and if, if he's really, really bored at it, he'll probably take another swing. He's still young. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know which route he'll go. I think, uh, you know, he's got a passion for, for coaching the game. I think uh, that's never going to go away. But you know, does he really want to get himself back into the, the midst of it? I, I don't know. I, I would imagine that uh, he's got plenty else to do, and uh, he can find something that's a little bit better for him maybe. Coach Luke Fickle, let's get to your team, who's getting ready for Alabama in the college football playoff. The Crimson Tide present, you know, like it's that time of year. Oh, they don't look well, – maybe this is the – oh, it's that time of year. A lot of challenges there. Which one is the toughest, do you think? Um, I think up front is always, to me, in big games like this, I think going into the Georgia game last year, the first thing that stands out to me is up front. And, and you got to find ways – and for us – Let's find ways to block the guys up front, you know, offensively, and then find ways for us defensively to be able to get to the quarterback by getting through the guys up front. Because, you know, sometimes the bigger difference, just like when we played George last, I thought it was going to be the guys up front. Um, so that's probably the thing that stands out first and foremost. Everybody wants to talk about the speed and the wide receivers, but I think it all starts up front. How do you stop the Heisman Trophy winner in Bryce Young? Well, as you know, I don't know that you stop him. You got to find ways to contain him. And I think from you know watching everything, I think where he does a phenomenal job is you know his ability to keep things alive. We know he's a really really good athlete, um, but he's not just going to take off and run. The thing that you know he does a great job to me as a young guy. A lot of times you see guys pull it down and they take things and they make it happen with their legs. Our quarterback did that for a lot, you know, for his first two years. Um, I think where I see him being mature beyond his years is he makes things, extends things with his legs. But the big place comes to when he does that of, of finding things down the field and as well as he throws the ball on the run. So um, that still starts up front as the ability to contain him and try to keep him, uh, you know, within the pocket or making him throw in rhythm. Coach, so – Yesterday was the first day of the early signing period. Did you notice any change in the players you were able to sign after breaking through and making the playoffs as a non-Power 5 school? Well, you know, they asked that. That's what everybody's kind of asked between, you know, where you are with the, you know, in the playoffs to, you know, I think week four of the season or three of the season, they, they announced us going to the Big 12. We had done our best job in the summer. So most, I'd say, you know, 80% of our recruits were committed in the summer before any of these things had really happened. Um, and we believed that they were the right ones for our program. So, you know, some really high, you know, high-end guys that I think, if anything, what the move to the league and, you know, the season that we've had have done is, you know, allowed us to not lose those guys where a lot of people came in, you know, probably as the season started, maybe I'm not saying we're behind in recruiting, but through COVID, all that recognized how good these guys were, how good they played their senior years. 
So more than anything, it allowed us to not lose those guys. And then it has opened doors, not just this year, but I think as we're seeing things for even the 2023 class, it's opened a lot more doors for us. Luke Fickle, a head football coach at Cincinnati, playing Alabama in the final four of college football playoff, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Um, why was now not the right time for you to leave Cincinnati when your name certainly was in the mix for all the big jobs, and you turned us down at USC, but that's another story. Uh, biggest <laughs> jobs in sports. Why, why, why stay? Well, things always kind of work themselves out the way they're supposed to. And Coach Tressa, a great uh, guy, that mentor of mine, I played for for ten or coached for for ten years, always said, "Hey, it works itself out." And uh, you know, first and foremost, it's a, it really is a great place, and my family loves it here. We're a team that has still a lot more things we can do and grow and I mean that not just on the football field but even with you know within our community within facilities so for me as a motivator you see things that are growing and growing and growing so it's not like hey I got to go someplace else to get a new challenge and to do something different so and then the timing of, of how you how everything is gone and uh, the season that we were having and I don't know I, I I get into this and it's about the kids to me. And, and sometimes when unique things like USC, just, you know, the, the lights and the stars and the glamor of all that. But when it comes back to it, you start to look at those kids that you got in the eyes and, you know, know what you've invested in them and what they've invested in you. And for me, that means a hell of a lot more than sometimes different logos, new challenges. And, and even in the world today with, you know, some lucrative contract things and, uh, you know, so all those things kind of going together. We're in a really great place for our program and for my family, and uh, you know, not the right thing. Coach, you're responsible for your program, but I get it. But how much pressure do you feel as the coach of the program to keep, to be competitive in this game? And obviously, you want to win the game, but to be competitive in this game. So the conversation after the game isn't. Well, see a group of five teams like they don't, they don't, they don't belong in the playoffs, right? Like, do you talk to the team about that at all? Do you? Is that a part of like a motivating factor? No, you know what? If you knew our kids, I mean, since the day we walked in here, we tried to say there's no separation between us and our league and, and any of the other leagues, and we don't want to use it as an excuse for our players or a crutch for our coaches in recruiting. So, we've always kind of said that. And, uh, you know, so even when we were really bad in year one, there's no difference, guys. Maybe they have a nicer facility. Maybe they have a little bit more money. Their coaches make more money. That's, still, it's nothing different. So I don't think for our guys, and we've said it all year, guys, we're not carrying a torch for anybody. You know, when we went through a string of, of maybe four games in the season where we didn't play quite as well as, you know, we would have liked, but we didn't perform as well as maybe the people on the outside thought we should have it really allowed us to kind of hammer home, guys, We be who we are. Be us. We're not carrying a torch for anybody else. We all want to play well. We want to play better. But we're not trying to live up to what somebody else envisions us to be. And uh, so I think all that kind of carries over as you go into a, a game like this. And you're not worried about anything other than, hey, be us. Who are we? We're competitors. No matter what it is and who it is, we love to compete. And uh, everything else take care of itself. And you know, try not to worry about the outcomes of things and just take care of the things right in front of you. So far, so good, because no one's beaten you yet. That's Coach Luke <laughs> Fickle, 
brought to you by Eckrich Smoke Sausage, the real MVP of any tailgate. Pick it up at your local grocer. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate Get it done, it. Coach. <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. All um, right, good luck. Go get it. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance with more than 30 unique coverage options available. Progressive knows small business. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. So Urban Meyer has been fired by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why is it so hard for college coaches to adjust to the pros? Someone who did it is next. Keyshawn J. Willimax, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn J. Willimax, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance, reminding you to tune in to the ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters, presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Jim Mora, UConn football Coach is with us now. Coach, good morning, first of all. Good morning, Coach. Well, good morning. What's up, Jim? Key, how you doing, pal? Man, I'm I'm real good. I'm going to have to see you in Connecticut because I think I'm going to be back from L.A. by the time you come out. So just want to let you know that. And I'm also Well, I'm coming back that way tomorrow. Oh, okay. So we'll connect then. Yeah. All right. So I want to ask you – you know, you coached in college and you coached in the pros, but you were a head coach in, in college. But prior to that, you were head coach at the Atlanta Falcons as well as the uh, Seattle Seahawks. What's the biggest difference between coaching in the NFL and coaching in college? Game day, not a lot. I mean, it's football, you know, and uh, same principles apply. The only difference would be, the clock stops after every first down and there's no two minute warning besides that it's just ball but the difference is all the off the field things and it's the age of the athlete that you're coaching uh they need you a little bit more than they do at the nfl level where it's more of a business you know it's the recruiting aspect it's you know what Keyshawn, you're just more in the lives of the players that you're coaching you're more in the lives of the families the players that you're coaching you're connected to a university so you're you know able to go support other sports and their teams and uh they just need you more which to me is appealing at this point in my life coach we had some breaking news this morning about urban meyer being fired after 13 games into his first season with the jaguars how surprised were you by how it ended so quickly for him you know what is this jay yeah how you doing coach Hey, buddy. How you doing? Love listening to you. Thank you, man. You uh, you guys are awesome. But 
I didn't know that till you told me right now, but it does not surprise me. Um, it is a tough transition to go from college to the pros. I think it's much easier to go from the pros to college. But if you've been a college coach and you're operating in this environment, you have to kind of nurture guys. You have to be uh, more of a father figure at times because you're dealing sometimes with 17 and 18 year olds. You could be probably a little bit more stern and more demanding uh, at this level. But when you get to that level and you're dealing with men and they know how to take care of their bodies and they know how to prepare and they want to be talked to a certain way because they're men. And if you don't understand that, you're destined to fail. And I think what happened there, in my opinion, is Urban probably thought a whole lot of himself and probably didn't give guys the respect that they deserve when they're playing professional football. I mean, these are, these are very motivated, very confident, uh, and, and at times hard-headed, uh, but probably in a good way because that's why they got to that level. And, and you got to treat them with respect that, that they deserve because they're playing at that level. Now, that doesn't mean they don't have to adhere to, to, the, to the, whatever you want to call them, rules or, or standards of your organization, but it doesn't surprise me a lick that he failed in the NFL. And I kind of predicted it when he was hired, and I don't know that I did it publicly. I'm like, I don't see this working. I don't see his personality working in the NFL. And uh, he could probably go back to college and uh, – and have great success again. I'm sure he can without a doubt, but I just don't know that his personality was cut out for the pros. You know, he's uh, pretty set in his ways, used to being in command of everything. And at the, at the NFL level, it's a different, it's a different game, man, a different game off the, off the field. Certainly. You are listening to head coach Jim Moore of UConn football, the new head coach who's going to turn the program completely around. Uh, Jim, why did you get back into to coaching rather than take the easy road like us and just sit in a chair and talk football for a living? Why, why UConn? Well, Key, I missed football. I missed coaching football, first of all. I'm passionate about it. It's what I've done really, you know, my entire professional career, but it's also been part of my life since the day I was born. You know, my dad's a coach or was a coach. And so I've always been around this environment and I'm passionate about it. I love to compete. I love the strategy part of it. I love the decision-making on game day, the adrenaline of it. Um, but I'm going to tell you the reasons that I came back were, number one, my kids are all grown and out of the house. And uh, I was living in Idaho, and I was fly fishing and hiking and mountain biking and skiing. And really, that wasn't enough for me right now. I just didn't feel like I was done. But I missed, I missed the players. All right, I missed this age group. I missed being a part of their lives. I missed um, them coming to my office with some of their issues that they were having and helping them solve them. I miss uh, sharing in their successes. And uh, I'm just passionate about it. Like at my first meeting with these players here, I walked in and, and at some point in the meeting, I, when I was telling them why I was back, I'm like, I missed you guys. Hell, I didn't even know any of them, Keyshawn, but I missed the concept of having team of young men that you were able to help get to where they wanted to be in life, whether that's in the NFL or in any other industry, you have a small part in that. I really was missing that. And UConn to me is uh, a place where we can have success. They've had success before here. Uh, Right now from the outside, it looks like, you know, 
how are you ever going to win at UConn? They were 1-11. They were awful. They were the worst team in college football. And I can appreciate that from the outside. But when you come on this campus and you see these facilities and you understand the support that this state is giving us from the governor to everybody else, I've met with the governor three times so far, uh, to our athletic director, David Benedict, to the, I mean, these facilities are off the charts nice. We can recruit athletes here. We just have to show signs of progress every single day. And if we do, there's no reason we can't be very successful here. And it's not going to happen overnight, but it's going to happen. Coach, something you said before I want to follow up on, it related to Urban Meyer, but I can hear it in your talking about um, your desire to help kids get to the next, you know, develop, basically, is it seemed mm-hmm. to me that, that Urban Meyer's problem in the pros was a problem of a lack of humility. And, and when we were talking to you about, when we asked you the difference between college and the pros, that's what it sounded like to me. It takes a certain level of humility to coach in the pros. But I imagine that also exists in college, right? Like, what, it, or does it take yeah. less of that in, to coach in college? No, it takes probably, I think you have to have humility no matter what you're doing in life. But I also think that at the NFL level, you have to have it because your ego, you have to check your ego at the door. You just have to check your ego at the door and you have to learn to deal with a different level of athlete at a different point in their life than in college. But I also think to be successful in college, you have to have great humility and empathy because you're dealing with a younger athlete now and they need you in different ways. Sometimes you've got to be strong on them. Sometimes you've got to put your arm around them and love them. And, you know, our saying is we're going to coach them hard. We're going to love them harder. You know, our, our saying is we're going to be demanding, but we're never going to be demeaning. Mm. You know, and I think that applies at every single level. Um, but it's at the college level, you know, you look like, like all the all the kind of the gimmicks of motivation. And I, I'm just going to call them gimmicks because, you know, coaches use certain things to motivate players. They work in college because it's a more impressionable age group. And some of that stuff, when you go to the NFL, guys are rolling their eyes at you, and you lose credibility. You, in, in the NFL, your credibility as a head coach is on the line every single second. And if you lose it, it's gone forever. You cannot get it back. You just can't. It's gone. In college football, I mean, yeah, your credibility and the level of trust that you have to be able to manifest in your organization is certainly, you know, fragile, but you're just dealing with a younger athlete. You can, you can talk to them a little bit differently. You can do some things motivationally that, you know, maybe people think is corny. These kids love that stuff. They, they eat it up. And I think it's a real positive. It's why I love college football. I love the attitude of these players. I love how they just buy in. And I love how they'll run for a, through a wall for you. And it's just, it's like an invigorating feeling to be on a college campus. I think Urban, listen, you cannot, okay, you have, it's like with Keyshawn and Jay, okay? You guys are athletes and really, really great athletes. You guys had a, an athletic arrogance to you. Well, you didn't think there was anybody in the world that was better than you. It was like with Keyshawn, get me the damn ball, okay? Because he didn't believe anyone could compete with him, that he was better than anyone. If someone covered him, 
it was like, what the hell? You can't cover me. You know, even though the guy did, defensive backs have to have athletic arrogance. That doesn't mean they're arrogant people. But to succeed in the NFL, you have to have athletic arrogance. And as a coach, you have to recognize that. And you have to acknowledge it. And you have to have some flexibility. You can't treat everybody the same. And I just think he, he didn't get that. And it's like I said at the start, you can go from the pros back to college and you can have success, I believe. Going from college to the pros is much harder. Now, you look at Coach Rule and his personality, and I think he's doing a good job because I think he gets it, you know. But the, the days of being a taskmaster, taskmaster coach where you're the mean guy and you're yelling at everybody and you're talking down to everybody and you're enforcing all these silly rules that have nothing to do with anything, those days are over, coach. man. The athletes are different now. Coach, thank you very much. That was illuminating. Thank you. That, the, coach Jamora, ladies and gentlemen, on the Goodyear hotline. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Brought Jim. to you by Goodyear. All right, Jim, we'll talk. Making the plays that move okay, you God. forward. Hey, thanks for having me. Sorry I orated there. No, no, no that was fine, Coach, that was illuminating. We appreciate it. All right. Goodyear more driven. We're asking on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Who should be the next coach of the Jaguars? Hit us up. 888-SAY-ESPN, 729-3776. Best insider there is tells us what went wrong with Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio Sirius XM Channel 80. Adam Schefter, ESPN Senior NFL Insider, is with us now. Good morning, Adam. Hello there, Max. How you doing? Good, good. What's up, Adam? Hello there, guys. Keep what's going on? Nothing much, man, out here in the, on the West Coast for now. But, it, well, if you're just joining us, 
this morning or just waking up. What's going on is Urban Meyer's been fired by the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we are thrilled now to be joined by Adam Schefter on the Goodyear Hotline to uh, get into it. Adam, let me just start very simply. Why was Urban Meyer fired overnight? Well, I I think there are a lot of factors there, Max. Uh, I think we go back to when he was captured on video with a woman in a bar in Columbus at that point in time when he didn't travel back with the team after a week four Thursday night loss at Cincinnati. And at that point in time, the Jaguars owner, Shad Khan, released a statement that said it was up to Urban Meyer to regain and recapture the trust and credibility within that organization. And as he said in the statement last night, I don't think he felt like that happened. Now, over the weekend, as more and more accusations, reports, allegations against Urban Meyer surfaced, I think that Shad Khan really wanted to try to see this through and have it get through the first year and have it work out. My understanding is that more and more people in recent days this week kept stepping forward with more and more negative information about Urban Meyer not being truthful, not being honest, engaging in acts like the one that Josh Lambeau accused him of this summer to the Tampa Bay Times of kicking him during a warm-up practice, which, by the way, some people have denied happened, and maybe it did and maybe it didn't. We don't know what actually transpired, but it's out there, and somebody felt that way. I think when Shad Khan looked at all these incidents, he just decided, in the end, like anybody ending a relationship, it was not a relationship worth fighting for or saving. I think that's it, right? We saw Urban Meyer walk off the field on Sunday after a loss to Tennessee and go shake Mike Vrabel's hand in a handshake that went viral. And he just looked like somebody that didn't enjoy the job at all. Now, I know he's coming off a tough loss. I think they got shut out. That's fine. Okay. It was not just then. He didn't look like he wanted to coach that football team. He looked like he wasn't enjoying it. And there are 32 of those jobs, and people work their entire lives to go get one. He had one, and it looked like, in a way, that it was something that he dreaded having. And so when all this evidence built up the way it did, and when Shah Khan took a step back and also recognized that the Jaguars have season ticket renewals going out next week, I think he decided, you know what, this is not going to work. All the people, all the people who said that this wouldn't work, and there were many of them, turned out to be correct in the end. Mm. What's this mean going forward for Trevor Lawrence? Um, I think that he's probably relieved. Yesterday you heard Trevor Lawrence say that enough of the drama. There was more drama in the NFL than he encountered during his entire time at Clemson. I think Trevor Lawrence just wants to go play quarterback, wants to grow, improve, win. And who doesn't want to avoid drama? Who wants drama at their job? And again, it was a situation where – you had a case of there being something all the time with this guy. Just was happening regularly. And so I think Trevor Lawrence, I don't know that he'll admit it, but I think this morning he's probably relieved. Adam, let's transition for a second. What's the latest with the Cleveland Browns COVID situation and outbreak as they get ready for their game on Saturday versus the Raiders? And is there any decision of actually postponing the game? Mm-hmm. Um. The 
NFL really is not planning on having any delays or postponements here. And we go back to last year, there were eight games that were postponed. And people say, well, this is worse, right? There were 14 Browns players, I think it's 14, placed on reserve COVID the last two days. What's the difference? The difference is a year ago, there wasn't a vaccine readily available to people. There wasn't a booster shot readily available to people. And so the NFL feels like, you know, it's conveyed its message. You should be vaccinated. You should be looking out for your own body, for your own organization, for your sport. And we have 16 man practice squads. And so just like the Lions who went through a COVID battle last week, had to promote six players from their practice squad last Saturday before they played the Broncos on Sunday, you got 16 players to draw from. And, our games are going to go on. You, you think the NFL, uh, which has a Saturday window with no college football on for the first time this season, wants to go give up a game that's been planned for months? I don't think so. And the league doesn't feel it has to. And if the Browns are missing Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski and Jarvis Landry and David Njoku and on and on, that's the way it goes. You call up your next guy. Okay, it's up to Case Keenum and it's up to Donovan Peoples-Jones and it's up to all the guys that replace them to try to keep your regular season alive. Thank you, Adam, as always. That's Adam Schefter, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, Thanks, Adam. Yeah, guys, if the, if the NFL got through last season, before there were vaccines, before people knew much about how to treat COVID or anything like that, uh, they, ain't, they ain't stopping anything this season, doesn't seem like to me. Um, by the way, Someone who called Urban Meyer's tenure of the biggest failure of leadership in NFL history. Coming up, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.